Chapter 6 Stone Fox Little Willie went to see Mayor Smiley at the City Hall building in town to sign up for the race. The mayor's office was large and smelled like hair tonic. The mayor sat in a bright red chair with his feet on his desk. There was nothing on the desk except the mayor's feet. We have a race for you youngsters one hour before. Mayor Smiley mopped sweat from his neck with a silk handkerchief, although Little Willie thought it was quite cool in the room. I want to enter the real race, Mr. Mayor. You must be funnin', boy. The mayor laughed twice and blotted his neck. Anyway, there's an entrance fee. How much? Fifty dollars. Little Willie was stunned. That was a lot of money just to enter a race. But he was determined. He ran across the street to the bank. Don't be stupid, Mr. Foster told Little Willie. This is not a race for amateurs. Some of the best dog teams in the Northwest will be entering. I have searchlight. We go fast as lightning. Really, Mr. Foster, we do. Mr. Foster shook his head. You don't stand a chance of winning. Yes, we do. Willie, the money in your savings account is for your college education. You know I can't give it to you. You have to. I do? It's my money. Little Willie left the bank with a stock of $10 gold pieces, five of them, to be exact. He walked into the mayor's office and plopped the coins down on the mayor's desk. Me and Searchlight are going to win that $500, Mr. Mayor. You'll see. Everybody you'll see. Mayor Smiley counted the money, wiped his neck, and entered Little Willie in the race. When Little Willie stepped out of the City Hall building, he felt ten feet tall. He looked up and down the snow-covered street. He was grinning from ear to ear. Searchlight walked over and stood in front of the sled, waiting to be hitched up. But Little Willie wasn't ready to go yet. He put his thumbs in his belt loops and let the sun warm his face. He felt great. In his pocket was a map Mayor Smiley had given him, showing the ten miles the race covered. Down Main Street, right on North Road. Little Willie could hardly hold back his excitement. Five miles of the race he traveled every day and knew with his eyes closed. The last five miles were back into town along South Road, which was mostly straight and flat. It's speed that would count here, and with the lead he knew he could get in the first five miles, Little Willie was sure he could win. As Little Willie hitched searchlight to the sled, something down at the end of the street, some moving objects caught his eye. They were difficult to see because they were all white. There were five of them, and they were beautiful. In fact, they were the most beautiful Samoyeds Little Willie had ever seen. The dogs held their heads up proudly and strutted in unison. They pulled a large but lightly constructed sled. They also pulled a large but by no means lightly constructed man. Way down at the end of the street, the man looked normal, but as the sled got closer, the man got bigger and bigger. The man was an Indian, dressed in furs and leather, with moccasins that came all the way up to his knees. His skin was dark, his hair was dark, and he wore a dark-colored headband. His eyes sparkled in the sunlight, 
but the rest of his face was as hard as stone. The sled came to a stop right next to little Willie. The boy's mouth hung open as he tilted his head way back to look up at the man. Little Willie had never seen a giant before. Gosh, little Willie gasped. The Indian looked at little Willie. His face was solid granite, but his eyes were alive and cunning. Howdy, little Willie blurted out, and he gave a nervous smile. But the Indian said nothing. His eyes shifted to Searchlight, who let out a soft moan, but did not bark. The giant walked into the city hall building. Word that Stone Fox had entered the race spread throughout the town of Jackson within an hour and throughout the state of Wyoming within the day. Stories and legends about the awesome mountain man followed shortly. Little Willie heard many of them at Lester's general store. Was this time in Denver he snapped a man's back with two fingers, said Dusty, the town drunk, but nobody believed him, really. Little Willie learned that no white man had ever heard Stone Fox talk. Stone Fox refused to speak with the white man because of the treatment his people had received. His tribe, the Shoshone, who were peaceful and seed gatherers, had been forced to leave Utah and settle on a reservation in Wyoming with another tribe called the Arapaho. Stone Fox's dream was for his people to return to their homeland. Stone Fox was using the money he won from racing to simply buy the land back. He had already purchased four farms and over 200 acres. That Stone Fox was smart, all right. In the next week, Little Willie and Searchlight went over the 10-mile track every day until they knew every inch of it by heart. Stone Fox hardly practiced at all. In fact, Little Willie only saw Stone Fox do the course once, and then he sure wasn't going very fast. The race was scheduled for Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Only nine sleds were entered. Mayor Smiley had hoped for more contestants, but after Stone Fox had entered, well, you couldn't blame people for wanting to save their money. It was true, Stone Fox had never lost a race. But Little Willie wasn't worried. He had made up his mind to win, and nothing was going to stop him, not even Stone Fox. Chapter 7. The Meeting It was Friday night, the night before the race, when it happened. Grandfather was out of medicine. Little Willie went to see Doc Smith. Here, Doc Smith handed Little Willie a piece of paper with some scribbling on it. Take this to Lester right away. But it's nighttime. The store's closed. Just knock on the back door. He'll hear you. But are you sure it's all right? Yes. Lester knows I may have to call on him any time, day or night. People don't always get sick just during working hours now, do they? No, I guess they don't. Little Willie headed for the door. He sure wished he could stay and have some of that cinnamon cake Doc Smith was baking in the oven. It smelled mighty good. But Grandfather needed his medicine. And anyway, he wouldn't think of staying without being asked. One other thing, Willie, Doc Smith said. Yes, ma'am? I might as well say this now as later. It's about the race tomorrow. Yes, ma'am? First... I want you to know that I think you're a darn fool for using your college money to enter that race. Little Willie's eyes looked to the floor. Yes, ma'am. But since it's already been done, I also want you to know that I'll be rooting for you. Little Willie looked up. 
You will? When Willie win that race tomorrow. Little Willie beamed. He tried to speak, but couldn't find the words. Embarrassed, he backed over to the door, gave a little wave, then turned quickly to leave. And Willie, yes, ma'am, if you stay a minute, you can have some of that cinnamon cake I've got in the oven. Yes, ma'am. Later on his way to town, Little Willie sang at the top of his lungs. The sled's runners cut through the snow with a swish. This was a treacherous road at night, but the moon was out and searchlight could see well. And anyway, they knew this road by heart. Nothing was going to happen. Lester gave Little Willie a big bottle of what looked like dirty milk. How's your grandfather doing? Lester asked. Not so good, but after I win the race tomorrow, he'll get better. Doc Smith thinks so too. Lester smiled. I admire you, Willie. You've got a heap of courage. Going up against the likes of Stone Fox. You know he's never lost, don't you? Yes, I know. Thank you for the medicine. Little Willie waved goodbye as searchlight started off down Main Street. Lester watched the departing sled for a long time before he yelled, Good luck, son! On his way out of town along North Road, Little Willie heard dogs barking. The sounds came from the old deserted barn near the schoolhouse. Little Willie decided to investigate. He squeaked open the barn door and peeked in. It was dark inside and he couldn't see anything. He couldn't hear anything either. The dogs had stopped barking. He went inside the barn. Little Willie's eyes took a while to get used to the dark, and then he saw them, the five Samoids. They were in the corner of the barn on a bed of straw. They were looking at him. They were so beautiful that Little Willie couldn't keep from smiling. Little Willie loved dogs. He had to see the Samoids up close. They showed no alarm as he approached, or as he held out his hand to pet them. And then it happened. There was a movement through the darkness to Little Willie's right. A sweeping motion, fast at first, then it appeared to slow and stop. But it didn't stop. A hand hit Little Willie right in the face, sending him over backward. I didn't mean any harm, Mr. Stone Fox. Little Willie said as he picked himself up off the ground, holding a hand over his eye. Stone Fox stood tall in the darkness and said nothing. Searchlight barked outside. Samoyeds barked in return. Little Willie continued, I'm going to race against you tomorrow. I know how you want to win, but I want to win too. I gotta win. If I don't, they're gonna take away our farm. They have the right... Grandfather says that those that want to bad enough will. So I will. I'll win. I'm going to beat you. Stone Fox remained motionless and silent. Little Willie backed over to the barn door, still holding his eye. I'm sorry we both can't win, he said. Then he pushed open the barn door and left, closing the door behind him. In the barn, Stone Fox stood unmoving for another moment. Then he reached out with one massive hand and gently patted one of the Samoyeds. That night, Little Willie couldn't sleep. His eye was killing him. And when Little Willie couldn't sleep, Searchlight couldn't sleep. Both tossed and turned for hours. And whenever Little Willie looked over to see if Searchlight was asleep, she'd just be lying there with her eyes wide open, staring back at him. Little Willie needed his rest. 
So did Searchlight. Tomorrow was going to be a big day, the biggest day of their lives. Chapter 8, The Day. The day of the race arrived. Little Willie got up early. He couldn't see out of his right eye. It was swollen shut. As he fed Grandfather his oatmeal, he tried to hide his eye with his hand or by turning away, but he was sure Grandfather saw it just the same. After adding more wood to the fire, Little Willie kissed Grandfather, hitched up searchlight, and started off for town. At the edge of their property, he stopped the sled for a moment and looked back at the farmhouse. The roof was covered with freshly fallen snow. A trail of smoke escaped from the stone chimney. The jagged peaks of the Teton Mountains shot up in the background toward the clear blue sky overhead. Yes, sir, he remembered Grandfather saying, there are some things in this world worth dying for. Little Willie loved this country. He loved to hike and to fish and to camp out by the lake, but he did not like to hunt. He loved animals too much to be a hunter. He had killed a bird once with a slingshot, but that had been when he was only six years old, and that had been enough. In fact, to this day, he still remembered the spot where the poor thing was buried. Lost in his thoughts, Little Willie got to town before he knew it, and he turned onto Main Street. He brought the sled to an abrupt halt. He couldn't believe what he saw. Main Street was jammed with people, lined up on both sides of the street. There were people on rooftops and people hanging out of windows. Little Willie hadn't expected such a big turnout. They must have all come to see Stone Fox. Searchlight pulled the sled down Main Street past the crowd. Little Willie saw Miss Williams, his teacher, and Mr. Foster from the bank, and Hank from the post office. And there were Doc Smith and Mayor Smiley and Dusty the Drunk. The city slickers were there, and even Clifford Snyder, the taxman, was there. Everybody. Lester came out of the crowd and walked alongside Little Willie for a while. It was one of the few times Little Willie had ever seen Lester without his white apron. You can do it, Willie. You can beat him. Lester kept saying over and over again. They had a race for the youngsters first, and the crowd cheered and rooted for their favorites. It was a short race, just down the end of Main Street and back. Little Willie didn't see who won. It didn't matter. And then it was time. The old church clock showed a few minutes before ten as the contestants positioned themselves directly beneath the long banner that stretched across the street. They stood nine abreast, Stone Fox in the middle, Little Willie right next to him. Little Willie had read all about the other contestants in the newspaper. They were all well-known mountain men with good racing records and excellent dog teams. But even so, all bets were on Stone Fox. The odds were as high as a hundred to one that he'd win. Not one cent had been bet on Little Willie and Searchlight. What happened to Willie's eye? Doc Smith asked Lester. Bumped it this morning when he got up, he told me. Just nervous. Got a right to be. Lester was chewing on his hand, his eyes glued on Stone Fox. Big Indian, he whispered to himself. Although Little Willie's eye was black, puffy, and swollen shut, he still felt like a winner. He was smiling. Searchlight knew the route as well as he did, so it really didn't matter if he could see it all. They were going to win today, and that was final. Both of them knew it. Stone Fox looked bigger than ever standing next to Little Willie. In fact, 
The top of Little Willie's head was dead even with Stone Fox's waist. Good morning, Mr. Stone Fox, Little Willie said, looking practically straight up. Sure is a nice day for a race. Stone Fox must have heard Little Willie, but he did not look at him. His face was frozen like ice, and his eyes seemed to lack that sparkle Little Willie remembered seeing before. The crowd became silent as Mayor Smiley stepped out into the street. Miss Williams clenched her hands together until her knuckles turned white. Lester's mouth hung open, his lips wet. Mr. Foster began chewing his cigar. Hank stared without blinking. Doc Smith held her head up proudly. Dusty took a powerful swig from a whiskey bottle. Clifford Snyder removed a gold watch from his vest pocket and checked the time. Tension filled the air. Little Willie's throat became dry. His hands started to sweat. He could feel his heart thumping. Mayor Smiley raised a pistol to the sky and fired. The race had begun. Chapter 9. The Race Searchlights sprang forward with such force that Little Willie couldn't hang on. If it weren't for a lucky grab, he would have fallen off the sled for sure. In what seemed only seconds, Little Willie and Searchlight had traveled down Main Street, turned onto North Road, and were gone, far, far ahead of the others. They were winning, at least for the moment. Stone Fox started off dead last. He went so slowly down Main Street that everyone was sure something must be wrong. Swish! Little Willie's sled flew by the schoolhouse on the outskirts of town and then by the old deserted barn. Swish! 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 Other racers followed in hot pursuit. Go, Searchlight, go! Little Willie sang out. The cold wind pressed against his face, causing his good eye to shut almost completely. The snow was well packed. It was going to be a fast race today, the fastest they had ever run. The road was full of dangerous twists and turns, but Little Willie did not have to slow down as the other racers did. With only one dog and a small sled, he was able to take the sharp turns at full speed without risk of sliding off the road or losing control. Therefore, with each turn, Little Willie pulled farther and farther ahead. Swish! The sled rounded a corner, sending snow flying. Little Willie was smiling. This was fun. About three miles out of town, the road made a half-circle around a frozen lake. Instead of following the turn, Little Willie took a shortcut right across the lake. This was tricky going, but Searchlight had done it many times before. Little Willie had asked Mayor Smiley if he was permitted to go across the lake, not wanting to be disqualified. As long as you leave town heading north and come back on South Road, the mayor had said, anything goes. None of the other racers attempted to cross the lake, not even Stone Fox. The risk of falling through the ice was just too great. Little Willie's lead increased. Stone Fox was still running in last place, but he was picking up speed. At the end of five miles, Little Willie was so far out in front that he couldn't see anybody behind him when he looked back. He knew, however, that the return five miles going back into town would not be this easy. The trail along South Road was practically straight and very smooth, and Stone Fox was sure to close the gap. But by how much? Little Willie didn't know. Doc Smith's house flew by on the right. The tall tree surrounding her cabin seemed like one solid wall. 
Grandfather's farm was coming up next. When Searchlight saw the farmhouse, she started to pick up speed. No, girl, Little Willie yelled. Not yet. As they approached the farmhouse, Little Willie thought he saw someone in Grandfather's bedroom window. It was difficult to see with only one good eye, but the someone was a man with a full beard. It couldn't be, but it was. It was Grandfather. Grandfather was sitting up in bed. He was looking out the window. Little Willie was so excited, he couldn't think straight. He started to stop the sled, but Grandfather indicated no, waving him on. Of course, Little Willie said to himself, I must finish the race. I haven't won yet. Go, searchlight, Little Willie shrieked. Go, girl. Grandfather was better. Tears of joy rolled down Little Willie's smiling face. Everything was going to be all right. And then Stone Fox made his move. One by one, he began to pass the other racers. He went from last place to eighth, then from eighth place to seventh, then from seventh to sixth, sixth to fifth. He passed the others as if they were standing still. He went from fifth place to fourth, then to third, then to second, until only Little Willie remained. But Little Willie still had a good lead. In fact, it was not until the last two miles of the race that Stone Fox got his first glimpse of Little Willie since the race had begun. The five Samoyeds looked magnificent as they moved effortlessly across the snow. Stone Fox was gaining, and he was gaining fast, and Little Willie wasn't aware of it. Look back, Little Willie, look back! But Little Willie didn't look back. He was busy thinking about Grandfather. He could hear him laughing and playing his harmonica. Finally, Little Willie glanced back over his shoulder. He couldn't believe what he saw. Stone Fox was nearly on top of him. This made Little Willie mad, mad at himself. Why hadn't he looked back more often? What was he doing? He hadn't won yet. Well, no time to think of that now. He had a race to win. Go, searchlight, go, girl. But Stone Fox kept gaining, silently, steadily. Go, searchlight, go. The lead Samoyed passed Little Willie and pulled up even with Searchlight. Then it was a nose ahead, but that was all. Searchlight moved forward, inching her nose ahead. Then the Samoyed regained the lead. Then Searchlight. When you enter the town of Jackson on South Road, the first buildings come into view about a half a mile away. Whether Searchlight took those buildings to be Grandfather's farmhouse again, no one could be sure, but it was at this time that she poured on the steam. Little Willie's sled seemed to lift up off the ground and fly. Stone Fox was left behind, but not that far behind. Chapter 10. The Finish Line The crowd cheered madly when they saw Little Willie come into view at the far end of Main Street and even more madly when they saw that Stone Fox was right on his tail. Go, Searchlight, go! Searchlight forged ahead, but Stone Fox was gaining. Go, Searchlight, go! Little Willie cried out. Searchlight gave it everything she had. She was a hundred feet from the finish line. When her heart burst, she died instantly. There was no suffering. The sled and Little Willie tumbled over her, slid along the snow for a while, then came to a stop about ten feet from the finish line. It had started to snow. White snowflakes landed on Searchlight's dark fur, 
as she lay motionless on the ground. The crowd became deathly silent. Lester's eyes looked to the ground. Miss Williams had her hands over her mouth. Mr. Foster's cigar lay on the snow. Doc Smith started to run out to Little Willie, but stopped. Mara Smiley looked shocked and helpless, and so did Hank and Dusty, and so did the city slickers, and so did Clifford Snyder, the tax man. Stonefox brought his sled to a stop alongside Little Willie. He stood tall in the icy wind and looked down at the young challenger and at the dog that lay limp in his arms. Is she dead, Mr. Stone? Is she dead? Little Willie asked, looking up at Stone Fox with his one good eye. Stone Fox knelt down and put one massive hand on Searchlight's chest. He felt no heartbeat. He looked at Little Willie, and the boy understood. Little Willie squeezed Searchlight with all his might. You did real good, girl. Real good. I'm real proud of you. You rest now. Just rest. Little Willie began to brush the snow off Searchlight's back. Stone Fox stood up slowly. No one spoke. No one moved. All eyes were on the Indian, the one called Stone Fox, the one who had never lost a race and who now had another victory within his grasp. But Stone Fox did nothing. He just stood there, like a mountain. His eyes shifted to his own dogs, then to the finish line, then back to Little Willie, holding searchlight. With the heel of his moccasin, Stone Fox drew a long line in the snow. Then he walked back over to his sled and pulled out his rifle. Down at the end of Main Street, the other racers began to appear. As they approached, Stone Fox fired his rifle into the air. They came to a stop. Stone Fox spoke. Anyone crosses this line, I shoot. And there wasn't anybody who didn't believe him. Stone Fox nodded to the boy. The town looked on in silence as Little Willie, carrying searchlight, walked the last ten feet and across the finish line. Acknowledgements. I would like to pay credit to Andrew J. Galambos for the many ideas and concepts of his based on his theory of primary property and the science of volition that appear in this book. I would like to express my sincere gratitude to Martin Tashi, without whom this book would not have been written. I am also grateful to Barbara Fenton, my editor, for her solicitous guidance and contributions. Kevin Gardner, my brother, for inspiring me to become a writer. Sylvia Hirsch, my agent, for encouraging me through the years. And Gloria, my wife, for providing the tranquility every writer dreams of.